Hey listeners, Hit the Books podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts, including Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon Music, YouTube, and more. Be sure to tune in each week at like, rate, and subscribe. What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to Season 2, Episode 30 of Hit the Books, the podcast where we dive deep into the world of sports and sports gambling. Each episode, we break down the breakdown bets and betting advice, whether you're a seasoned sports gambler or just getting started. Our goal is to provide you with the insights and knowledge you need to make informed decisions and come out ahead. So sit back, relax, and let's hit the books. This week, we're ready to review the first weekend of March Madness. Tons of upsets and busted brackets, but we move on. Some news in the NFL during their offseason, and we have an interview with Ben, another sports betting personality, podcaster, among other things. More on that and everything else coming up soon. Like I said, 30 episodes in the books for this season, so I've done this nearly 76 other times. So let's introduce my co-hosts here to join us this week. Most of the crew here in studio, Huff and Mackie in studio. Let's introduce Huff, Ace, and Mackie. Ace, what's happening? Coming in from Rhode Island. What's going on, buddy? How's it going, boys? Uh, yeah, representing the East Coast today, all you guys up in uh, Yinzer Town, you know, big Steel City fans out there. Mackie, uh, I don't really know who he cheers for. He likes the Cowboys from New York. I don't know. Maybe he becomes a Steelers fan today. But uh, yeah, excited for another week of sports. Uh, excited to get Ben on, in on here. And uh, thank you to Huff and Mackie for helping me eat during the first uh, round of that NCAA March Madness bracket it's uh really paying off so definitely tune in for our picks there and in the nhl and nba will be cooking as well love it ace love it mackie let's send it over to you next what do you got for us you're here in studio first time this season what do you got yeah it's nice to be all together uh when we're recording it's always a different vibe here uh wish it could be all four of us but you know ace is a little far away but um yeah um first two rounds of march madness went pretty well uh our records what are we um Ten and four, or something like that. I actually don't know our record anymore on the uh, actual tournament, but got ourselves back up to just over eighteen, just under eighteen and a half units. One hundred twenty-one, ninety-three, and three on the season. So, uh, do the math on what we're hitting at on that percentage. But been killing it in college basketball. I know we started what nine and three, so uh, and then had a two and one night on uh, Sunday. So, but been been killing the tournament. So, other than that, not much going on with me, but. Mackie, we'll hand things back over to you. I didn't mean to cut you off there. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, no, that's, that's all I really had to say. Uh, just been paying a lot of attention to March Madness. Uh, NHL, NHL card's kind of been steady. Um, just that one unit, I think, right now. We're just going one and one, two and two. Uh, we just got to kind of hit a stride in the NHL and we'll be good. Really all I got to say. Good stuff, boys. Huff. You want to send us off? Kind of talked a little bit there, but finish off your intro. What do you got for us this week, buddy? Yeah, not much going on. Obviously, we said uh, March Madness and everything keeps rolling. Our NBA card, college basketball card, keep going. Uh, had a lot of success in the NBA in the past couple of weeks. Like you said, Mackie, NHL's cooled off, but uh, as we get the playoffs and stuff coming up with the, as we get down to the ground with the last uh, couple games of the NHL regular season, 
looking to get that uh, card back rolling. But other than that, not much going on with me. All right. What's going on, Ben? Yo, what's popping, boys? How you guys doing? We're doing great, buddy. What nice to see you. What a setup you guys have. That is beautiful. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's actually our first time able to do it this year. We did it a couple times last year where they were both able to get here and uh, be on site. But Mackie's up in, or excuse me, Ace is up in Rhode Island. Mackie's here with me. Oh, Huff, nice. Myself. Nice. So nice yeah, to meet you, buddy. thanks for having me. Heck yeah. Um, so are you guys all Penn State alumni? No, just me. All right, dude. Micah just left us. No, so obviously what it means for the basketball program, we're not a basketball school anymore. So that was a fun time, but that time's over. We won't make March Madness pie for the next five years. I don't want to be Mr. Negative. I'm usually Mr. Positive, but I love Micah Shrewsbury. And then what it means, number two, if you go to the field, I know you've been to the field. If you haven't, then you're truly missing out. No more Shrewsburger. Vibes are a little low, but again, happy to be on. And yeah, this is going to be awesome. Heck yeah, dude. We're real excited to have you. Well, you gave us a good quick background of what the heck you're doing. You're a Penn State student there. Why don't you give us a little background about yourself, what you're doing, things like that. I saw you're doing some announcing for some Acha hockey and shit like that. That's sweet. Acha. <laughs> yeah. So I got in. Um, so I'm originally from Randolph, New Jersey. Shout out my Jersey guys. Came to Penn State. I'm a junior right now. Telecom major. Got really involved. I spent my first two years at Altoona. There's not a lot of options over there, but if there's anybody watching, that's a two plus two guy. There is benefits from there, but definitely when I got to main campus, got really involved. Club club hockey broadcasting started, I think, in January or February. My boy hit me up. He's like, yo, you want to call these games? I'm like, yeah. Was never something I thought I was going to do, but now I love it. And now it's actually something that I think I might do after college. I do a basketball show, which I just came back from. Basketball today, something that I got involved with this semester. That's been awesome. Do my personal TikTok do my stuff with Com Radio. So a lot of different media things that I do, but just try to get involved in any way that I can. Network with people also. So yeah, living living the college kids' life and enjoying it. Yeah, that's obviously sweet. Uh, so the the other three of us that aren't from Penn State or Penn State alumni, we're actually all graduates of West Virginia. Mackie okay, actually- Okay, Mackie, Country Roads, baby. Exactly. Mackie actually still goes there. And we're all uh, former and current, I guess, for former season just ended, but uh, ACHA club hockey players. Mackie just won the ACC with D2 and uh, Dub V, so- No, no, the ACC. That was yeah. Penn State. Yeah, we were in the uh, lower division, but but we won the lower division. Uh, so we've, I, got, I didn't know that, so- No, Penn State is really good at- No, I know uh, Penn State's gross, yeah, they're, but- they're pretty good. I know the guys. Do they know you? I'll make sure. To I know. It. I know one kid on the team. I used to play with them. Nate Schumann. Schumann, that's <laughs> my guy. Yeah, he's just, a stud. Yeah, he, he's a, he's a very good hockey player. Yeah, I used to play uh, when I was like 16 years old with him. I played uh, in Brooklyn with him, but he's a good kid. Yeah, that's awesome. There's a kid on the D1 team from Brooklyn, uh, Danny Zaniev. I'm not sure if you know him, but we might be going off topic here. But yeah, back to what you said, ACHA. I didn't even know the league existed until I started calling them. And then I went to the tournament this past weekend to broadcast those games for the D2. It's crazy. Like the fan base is there. There was a ton of people there. And it's it, it's awesome. Like the guys are awesome. The fans are awesome. The coaches, like you could literally go up to the coaches, ask them anything. I love the Archer. Yeah, it's, it's, it is club hockey, but it's uh, they're very passionate about the sport. Um Playing club hockey, it's, it's a little different, in my opinion, than other club sports. So, you know, you got all the players are very passionate about it, and they care a lot about it. So, nice. For sure. I mean, it's a huge time commitment, but also monetarily. So, you got to love it. 
Yeah, Mackie, like we said, too, we were always talking about uh, the ACC down in North Carolina, too. I'm pretty sure it's where the playoffs were this year, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah they were. Yeah, it goes yeah. crazy down there. I remember that. Huff, remember that first time we were down there knocking over the pyramids on the glass? Yeah. That, dude, that, we always said it. Those fans down there, they we don't know why they love hockey so much. They go hard, even for the Acha and the, and the college hockey. And But, I mean, we saw what they did in that outdoor game. What was it? NC State versus UNC? UNC, yeah. yeah that was Finley crazy. Cup. Dude, yeah. that was yeah. insane. Can you imagine playing in that game? Like, we talked about that, but, I mean, that's what college hockey's getting to. And, I mean, I thought that was pretty cool to hear from, like, someone like your perspective that, like you said, you haven't really heard or never heard of the ACHA coming into or when you got to Penn State or before you started calling these games. And, obviously, us, we played hockey our whole lives. And uh, I know Ace and Mackey didn't really know much about the ACHA before they got to West Virginia. But um, – it's just cool to hear that from someone that's not didn't really play hockey growing up because obviously we're all hockey players. Jesse played hockey in high school with uh, me. We actually are from the same area of Pittsburgh. But um, that's sweet. Oh, you're you guys are Yinzers. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Big Yinzers. You guys like Kamani Bros. Yeah, oh, it's the best, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's what I'm talking about. Are you 21? I'm not. I would be right. 21 on April 29th. Oh hell yeah! Holy Bros. shit! All right, 28th, 28th, and the 30th. <laughs> wow! Holy <laughs> smokes! That's fucking good. Uh, just curious because I always loved going up to the bar, the bars at Penn State. Man, I was, I was there yeah. during COVID, so it was a mess for part of it. But when it wasn't, oh, it was a blast. What's your favorite bar? I liked P Man's. I had a good connection okay. at Doggies. That you, okay. That used to be the Ratskeller, which used to be like the hop in place, and just like I, they they were supposed to all come up for the Ohio State Penn State game when I was away. It was fucking pouring down snow at Penn State, but we I had a table there and we were watching the game and shit. But they, he got COVID. Were you there? No, I've, I've actually never been to Penn State. Okay, well, he was, you were at Ohio State that weekend. Yeah. That's yeah. right. So that was a whole big ordeal. But um, back to what we were talking about. Mackie, you want to go off some NHL or something like that? Yeah, yeah. So uh, we see you're a really big Devils fan. What do you think about yeah. all their uh, recent acquisitions with Timo Meyer in that first line uh, with Jesper Bratt and Jack Hughes and how that line's really rolling right now? Well, it's something that they had to do, right? Like, they got the studs, they got the young talent, but they really needed another one of those guys. They needed another superstar. Timo Meyer fits that mode perfectly. A huge guy, I think he's 6'2", 6'3", and he scores, he has 35 goals right now, somewhere around that. He's awesome. So, Timo Meyer getting him was beautiful. And he also now, they, Lindy Ruff can separate the lines. He could play Jesper with Nico and Jack with Timo. And also, don't forget about Andre Palat. That acquisition in the summer was beautiful. And if you go back to the summer, I might be rambling here a little bit. I really wanted Johnny Goudreau. Six months later, Johnny Goudreau is on the worst hockey team in the NHL. We got a guy, Andre Palat, who can basically play in the third line. No issues. A cheaper guy in Timo Meyer. It's beautiful. You know, I'm a little worried about how they're playing right now. They're not as strong as they used to be, I guess, just a few weeks ago. Jack Hughes' production has gone down a little bit. But I'm still confident that they can beat the Rangers in the first round. And, like, honestly, being a Devils fan, I've been a Devils fan since 2012. That's only two playoff seasons, 2012 and 2017, and that 17-18 season. So where they are right now, five points away from a playoff spot, is absolutely insane. And I, I've been loving every second of it. Yeah, with with those with those Devils, um, do you think they still lack that playoff experience or veteran leadership? A lot of guys on that team, I know they have a lot of high skill, those top picks we've talked about all year, and then the addition of Meyer, but not a lot of guys who have raised a cup before. I know you have Palat. Um, yeah. But do you have any, how do you feel going in against teams like the Hurricanes and if you can make it further, the Bruins or the Lightning? 
See, veteran experience is a weird thing to me because everybody last year said that about the Rangers and they went on and were two games away from going to the Stanley Cup. Obviously, the, the playoff hockey is different, but I think if you can get past that first round, then you get all the experience you need. So if the Devils can get past the first round, then this whole veteran experience, playoff experience thing, it won't be a conversation anymore. Yes, I guess I'm a little worried about it, but if they face the Rangers, they have playoff experience from last year but i've seen the devils beat the rangers this season and i still think they can beat them the hurricanes you mentioned them i don't really think they're that good to be completely honest with you they had a huge win last night over new york in the garden massive win it, it really changed my mind about them a little bit but they still lack that elite goal scorer i think that injury to svechnikov is big and we've seen it year after year with the hurricanes they they can't win a road game they just flop in the playoffs but the bruins in tampa bruins president's trophy curse i think that's a real thing they're still very scary they got all the experience and then tampa i don't know i got a hot take for you guys about tampa i think the maple leafs are going to win the stanley cup you might you might have been asking me that a little later i think tampa might struggle with the maple leafs in the first round crazy i've been saying that all year i don't think they win the stanley cup i think the Leafs <laughs> find a way to get out of the first round this year for sure it has Mackie, to happen tampa, Mackie, that it has game, to happen Mackie, that i feel so bad night. for leafs fans that rangers game last night i almost lied the Hurricanes. Oh my, yeah, you told me you were on the Hurricanes. Really? I thought that was a really bad play too, but you know, Rangers found a way to blow it. I don't know. They just couldn't, they couldn't get that win. They needed that win at home. They play them on Thursday in, uh, in Carolina and you know, it's always hard to play down there, but I don't know. They, they, they just need, sure. they need to find the offense in games like that. They just, uh, they put up 13 goals in two games, two games before. And then, uh, you know, you, I mean, I, I guess they potted too, but you know, you gotta, you gotta find a way to win that game. I think. Yeah, that was. I don't want to say it was a bad loss for the Rangers because ultimately in the standings, it doesn't really do anything. They're probably going to finish as the third. Hurricanes are probably going to win the division. But if the Rangers and Hurricanes play in the playoffs again, that's a game you look back on that gives the Hurricanes a lot of confidence. Yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting uh, run there. I, I just think that the Devils need to get that top seed in the Metro in order to have any playoff success with the, with the young goaltending. And you know they can put the puck in the net, but playing at home, especially against the Hurricanes in the second round, even I'll say the uh, the Rangers in the first round, if they end up being that two seed, I mean, playing on the road is a whole different animal. So I'm excited to see how the Devils handle it. Yeah, so am I. I hope I can get to at least one game, maybe two, depending on college schedule and ticket prices. But again, it's been an awesome season so far. If you look back on my Instagram, one of like the previous videos, because I don't post on Instagram that much, is like when the Devils season first started. And I said that they were going to finish seventh in the Metro. So just them being in second right now and in a playoff spot, I'm very happy with. But if they lose in the first round... I'm not going to say it's a failed season, but I'll be extremely disappointed, even though they did make the playoffs. So it's weird, to, you know, what's it called? Um, not adjustments, but pre-expectations. I couldn't think of the word. Expectations change. So now I think the expectations now is, def is definitely to get past the first round. Yeah, and especially in a loaded East, I mean, whoever you play in the first round, it's going to be uh, a tough, t probably seven-game series. But uh, being a Rangers fan, I actually am pretty – worried about playing the Devils in the first round just because of the way that they've played us even this season and uh you know your road record is like incredible I think it's the best road record in the league so uh just having yep. that in the back of my head just saying that they can win a win a game on the road um yeah I'm definitely not comfortable playing you guys in the first round but then again there's not really a team in the east that I would really be comfortable playing so should be a good well, series. the one team in my mind 
if they make it is the Penguins. It doesn't look like they're going to make it right now. I'm really afraid of the Islanders. Uh, as I said, I'm not too afraid of the Hurricanes. Bruins are going to make it past the first round. But, yeah, that's surprising to hear a Rangers fan. My best friend is a Rangers fan, and he's not scared of the Devils at all. But I'm happy that you are. How can you not be? I mean, you guys have kind of manhandled us this season. Um, they won two out of three, right? Or three out of four. I'm not yeah, quite something sure. like that. But I, I just don't. I'm definitely not secure playing you guys in the first round series, um, especially when you guys have four out of seven games at home. Yeah, and uh, we'll see. They play each other right at the end of the regular season. I think it's April like 16th. I don't know. I don't know the exact date, but that game's going to be big. Yeah, I should definitely. Uh, maybe it can mash up the standings a little. Get a little interesting. Yeah. Well. Matt. Mackie, if I were you, I would uh, definitely be more worried about those Carolina Hurricanes. We've been Huff and I have been saying it all year. We think that young Devils team, we think they're a few years away still from playoff success, but it'll, it'll be tough to see. The Meyer addition definitely helps. For sure, and Jesper Bratt's got to get a new contract. There's a few off-season moves that Fitzgerald has to make, but I think it all comes down to how Vitek Vanacek plays in the postseason. Rangers got Igor. All these other teams got their studs. You know, maybe the Maple Leafs have some questions there with their guy. And, and of course, the Penguins, if they make it. But do I really trust Vitek Venacek? I have my doubts about him. But again, I think if the Devils and Rangers play, it's going to go seven. And, and, you know, I got the Devils, but I th- think it definitely goes seven. Every, every Devils fan I know has doubts about Vitek. But I don't know. He's had, he's had a really good season. I don't think there's any reason to have yeah. doubt except for the inexperience. But, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely excited for this series potential series yeah it's gonna be awesome so you kind of alluded to uh some of the teams that you think will make it and won't make it so if you had to pick two of these two wildcard teams that are gonna close off the the standings for the east who would you go with obviously we have kind of a three-team race with the the islanders panthers penguins and then the fall off is the caps and the senators teams like that and buffalo down there but uh who do you think will end the season in the wildcard spots so I'm shocked about the Islanders. If you go back in my podcast or my TikToks, whatever, once Matt Barzell went down, I said their season was over. No chance they're making the playoffs. Before that, they were playing bad, and now they lose their best player. I'm shocked about them. Somehow they're even better now. As I said before, I think the Islanders are a scary team. I think they're definitely going to make the playoffs. And I don't know. The Penguins are just so bad right now. They can't stop anything of course, they got Malkin. Of course, they got Crosby, Latang, the and their veteran coaching staff. But I'm going to go with Florida. Florida's playing the best hockey right now. I could see the Capitals sneaking in there, maybe, although I don't think they're that good. So I'm going to stick with how it is now. But I don't know. I, I mean, I could see the Penguins getting in there and getting swept in the first round. But they they could get in there, of course. It's the goaltending troubles. It's what it is. Jari can't stop anything Can't yeah, stop a anything. he's terrible i've said yep. that about him all season i feel more confident obviously me and jesse being penguins fans from here um i've said all season i'm at the point where i'm starting to feel more confident when casey dismiss starts for us than tristan jari because last three starts jari's let up four he gets pulled in like four out of his last five starts i mean there's no confidence whenever you have a goalie in net with kinds of stats and trends like that where you have no confidence when the team knows there's a goalie behind them that's going to let up that many chances or give up that many goals on chances it's tough to you know win games and that's where the penguins have struggled in the past two weeks and it's really showing obviously as they were kind of commanding that wild card spot for uh for a couple of weeks between the islanders and panthers and now them being the team sitting right out of it they do have the game in hand on the panthers but uh penguins playing tonight i believe it's at what in colorado so in t- colorado 
and I got the abs in regulation. <laughs> but going back to what you just said about goalie and your team having no confidence, the Devils last year, all the goalies got injured. They were dealing with Akira Schmid, who I know this year he's he has good stats, but last year he was atrocious. I don't even know who else they had in net. They literally had zero defense. So I know exactly how it feels. It's it's tough, but I mean, I obviously am like you like you said with your Devils. I, I'm going to say that they make it, um, but I don't know how far they're necessarily going to go. I don't think this team is too great, but um, yeah, obviously we also saw that you're pretty obviously a pretty big MLB fan, Yankee fan. Uh, obviously having success last year, winning the division, Aaron Judge. No, no. they didn't have success. <laughs> Listen, I know you guys are from Pittsburgh. Your success is probably making the oh, playoffs. Did, I, I, believe me, I don't even go there with games. baseball. Go ahead, but we don't even but go there with baseball. If you talk to any Yankees fan, including myself, they did not have success last year. Getting swept in the American League Championship is not a successful season. Yes, they won the division, which is something they haven't done in a few years prior. Yes, obviously, they won a round against the Cleveland Guardians, more sweaty than it needed to be. But getting swept at home to a team that dominates you year after year, not a successful season. Yes, I'm sure if you guys would sign up to get swept in the, in the American League wild card, but that was a terrible Absolutely. ending. But I'm still extremely excited about this season that starts in eight days. So, yeah, I mean, not the best way to end, but they got George back. They got Carlos Rodon, who is on the shelf, just like every other Yankee right now. The team looks good. They didn't make a lot of moves hitting-wise. They got Rizzo and Judge back. That's the only move. We'll see. We'll see. I don't want to say I I'm as, you know, I don't want to say I'm negative or I'm doubting the team. They're just injured right now. So I got to see. It it's almost winter bust as a Yankees fan, especially after the season. Oh, not almost. Year. No, it is. It is, dude. They haven't won since two thousand nine. They pay guys so much money, and I buy chicken baskets and go to games. And I know people who buy chicken baskets every single game, and they're giving us a product on the field who's getting swept to the Houston Astros, a team who has statistically dominated us. It is not almost winning time. They got to win the World Series. Sorry, I go crazy a little bit. No, you're good. I love. I love I love hearing the Yankees. Yeah, I was going to say, Aces love it. I mean, crown them victory every <laughs> single year in the offseason. It's like, oh, the Yankees have another World Series literally handed to them on a platter, and they find another way to blow it because they're just not as good as their rival Boston Red Sox when oh it comes down to <laughs> The Red Sox, they won't even win any games this year. <laughs> yeah, but you said, lost half wait, the line you, said, lost you said you were dominated. They got Chris Sale on the shelf. You know, I got a fun fact to you. When Chris Sale got injured, when that ball hit him right on the hand, I was at that game. I, I was not a good sight. I know, you know, I don't like players getting injured, but I was actually at that game. So fun fact there. <laughs> yeah, you say dominated by the Astros, though. I mean, we we figured out how to beat them. And the funny thing is, whenever yeah. people say these Red Sox are nothing, what do they do? Win the World Series. I mean, 2018, 2013. I think there's three times we've done it since you guys have last been there. So, Yep, yep. I'll say one thing about the Red Sox. This will probably make you smile. I would take Alex Cora as my manager every single day of the week. I think Alex Cora is one of the best <laughs> managers don't, in the MLB. No you doubt. don't have to don't, gas him too much. Go yeah. into his, and you know what else, don't. though? He was a part of that 2004 team, best team in history. Dude. A bunch of idiots that came from behind and make me the Red Sox fan <laughs> I am today. That was terrible. Thank God I was only two that year, <laughs> so I didn't exactly know what was going on. <laughs> that was terrible. Oh, love to see the curse broken. You go back and watch it if you want. Dave Roberts, best name you can think of in Red Sox history right there. Dave Roberts. Mac, you know what he did? 
I don't even know who that is. He started. He coaches the the Dodgers. Has a few World Series rings with him, actually. But um, just one. Yeah. He um he was the guy that stole the base in Game Four against the Yankees to start the rally. Stole second base, and the Red Sox go on to walk it off, and then win three straight after. Well, four straight, I guess. That's what sparked hmm. the whole. Uh, Living in the past, war. huh? Oh, I mean, up till now, I mean, the Red Sox have won what four or five World Series in my lifetime. Living hasn't right been now. good. Red Sox, yeah. Listen, I don't think they're going to be good this year, but you know, I can't disagree with what you're saying. They they're a winning team. It's a winning city, unfortunately. Celtics, Bruins, Red Sox. Unfortunately, is right. Title Town. Thank you. Love to hear it. Appreciate it. You must be a huge Jared Carabas guy, and oh, yeah. you must be a huge like Barstool Sports Day. Oh yeah, guy. so am I. <laughs> big time, big time. Yeah. So am I. Carabas is the boy. <laughs> Great on Twitter. I mean, if you follow him, he covers all baseball now, more so. But yeah, he's got a gig with DraftKings. He's awesome. I like him too, as much as he sometimes pisses me off. Yeah. But it's funny. Listen, I love Garrett Cole, but when Jared Carabas makes fun of Garrett Cole, I do laugh because Garrett Cole, he's a laughable guy. But I love him. Yeah, you can't beat those tweets where it's like, and Garrett Cole strikes out the side, and it's a home run by Raphael Devers. <laughs> yeah, he also does the fat face Garrett Cole, which is, you know, it is what it is. That's what happens when you sign with the evil empire. Obviously. Yeah, well, the Yankees, you know, every single year I say Yankees are going to win the World Series. Garrett Cole is going to win the Cy Young. Maybe this will be the year. This could eight be. Days, eight days. So you said it eight days. You got it. Who who's your World Series pick? You got any divisional plays that you're looking at locking in? Any future plays on the MLB season coming up? Oh, I haven't exactly looked at divisional plays, but besides from the Yankees winning winning the World Series, I won't be too biased. I'm still deathly afraid of the Astros. They're the favorite to win it all. They lost Justin Verlander. I don't think it's going to impact them one bit. Framber Valdez is going to go to that one spot. They got. McCullers, who's probably going to be a little healthier this season, Luis Garcia, and of course their their manager is, is unbelievable. But my other play in the NL, this is a team that lost in the World Series this year, last year, and just got better. It's a team that was basically 40% of the World Baseball Classic Team USA, and that's the Phillies. Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola, that one-two punch is dominant, and in that lineup, when Bryce Harper comes back, is deathly, it's super scary. I don't think the Dodgers are going to be that good. I don't really. I think the Mets are going to be good, but that Diaz injury, I feel bad for Mets fans. That Diaz injury kills them. The Braves are going to be good, but I think the Phillies, you know, if Bryce Harper can come back and be that guy who he was last playoffs, that's a really scary team and it's great value too. I think it's plus 1,700. Surprised you didn't mention the Padres in that group. Well, I don't know. I have my doubts about the Padres. Their pitching is great as well. Joe Musgrove, you Darvish. Uh, I don't know about Tatis. Is, is he even healthy? Is he playing? I think he's suspended half the season. I thought but, that too. But they got Xander Bargartz, Manny Machado. I don't know. I still have my doubts about them. And I don't really watch them that much. I don't watch the Phillies that much either. But just based on time, I don't really watch the Dodgers and Padres at all. And something always seems to happen to them. They always have these talented rosters the past two seasons, but they don't really go anywhere. It'll be fun to watch for sure, though. I love catching those West Coast games late at night if you can. You see Dodgers, Padres, you got all the superstars. It's like a video game out there. Yeah, Dodgers, they don't really have the pitching anymore, but they still got Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman. And yeah, like you said, but they lost their third baseman, Justin Turner. He's now a Red Sox. So we'll see how that affects them. Yeah, I mean, 
Uh, you said also kind of to get back to a little bit of college basketball, your Penn State Nittany Lions losing in the uh, second round to Texas, giving them a good fight. Uh, you seem pretty passionate about them and pretty kind of knowing where that the state of that program is with Penn State and how big of a game that was and Shrewsbury moving on to Notre Dame. Uh, who's your horse in the race now going into Sweet 16 Elite Eight weekend? Who do you think is going to come out on top of March Madness? I say this every single year. But let me preface this by saying this. If they win this game, there is no doubt in my mind that they will win Gonzaga. Gonzaga, Gonzaga, Gonzaga. I am in love with Drew Chimney. He is such a college basketball player. I'm in love with him. If Gonzaga beats UCLA, which I think they will, they will win the championship. And then my two teams after that. So whoever loses, whoever wins that game is a real favorite of mine to win the championship. But besides from that game, I like Texas. Unfortunately, they just took down my guys, but got a lot of respect for Texas. I think they're one of the most talented and best teams. I'm not a huge fan of Houston. Alabama, obviously, yes, but something tells me that one of these games, their shooting is going to be really off. I also like Creighton, and that might be a little crazy. So the winner of Gonzaga UCLA and then Texas, Creighton, and then Alabama would probably be my order for my top four favorites to win. Again, not a huge fan of Houston, but I know the Final Four will be in Houston. So if they can get there, they're going to have a lot of fans there. But yeah, unfortunately, my Penn State, my Penn State Lions, the team that I root for here in State College, they had a fantastic season. I was at the game when they lost to Rutgers a week before the Big Ten tournament started. I thought it was over. And then they won, won, and won in the Big Ten tournament. They dominated such a fun season. Jalen Pickett, Andrew Funk. Oh, my God. It was incredible. The unfortunate part is they probably will not have that type of success for the next five years. But, yeah, going back to your original question, Gonzaga. That that game against Rutgers was the second I gave up on Penn State basketball. And it actually came to bite oh, me. It was, like, it was like the fifth time this season I gave up on Penn State basketball. They, oh, they either won those close games and then they took it at the end or they couldn't make a shot in the last minute. That was terrible. Like the 19 point lead in a must win game. My friends and I almost cried in the car. Yeah, I mean, but that that run that they went on in the Big Ten, uh, Big Ten tournament. Uh, tor- tournament. I, then, I luckily hopped back on them. You were I so not. sold was, off I, them. You I, were, I no, so I didn't even start sending them. the. I stopped even sending them in the plays. I was just taking them because I knew you were so against them. And then every t- every March Madness game, you were taking every team against them. A and M, Texas. Yeah, I'm like. <laughs> No, I was riding them. Obviously, there's strong bias I was bias riding them there, through the tournaments. But I knew they were a veteran team, and I just loved how they finished their regular season. I had a strong feeling they were going to beat Northwestern. How did, what was the order of their games? It was like Illinois, Northwestern, and then Indiana. Indiana yeah, I had a really beat. strong feeling against Illinois, strong feeling against Northwestern. The Indiana game, I had a good feeling. It wasn't as strong as the previous two. And then the Purdue one. I had a good feeling they were going to cover, but I didn't think they were going to win, which is exactly what happened. But they almost won. Could you imagine right now if we were talking about Purdue losing in the Big Ten championship to Penn State and then losing in the first round, the coach would be fired. Yeah, I don't know if they would have lost in the first round if they lost to Penn Penn State in the Big Ten championship, but that would be something crazy. Um, You're right. They probably would have gotten the two seed. Yeah, and then um, but that that Purdue-Fairleigh-Dickinson game, Fairleigh-Dickinson actually looked like the better team. I don't know if you watched it, but Purdue did not look like they could do anything because they were uh they're finding a way to shut down Zach Eady and they just didn't that's, do that's all you got to do to get but they were st- they they couldn't hit any shots from the outside it was yeah. like they were shook and they couldn't 
They could. I, don't know. I wasn't watching the whole game. I turned. I turned it on at halftime. Once I saw the score, and I was like, "Okay, this is gonna be one of those ones you gotta watch and know where you were at if this actually happens." And the score just kept going up for Fairleigh Dickinson, and that's obviously everyone loves to see the upset in that situation. When uh, what was it, two, three years ago, UMBC over Virginia, and now we get the second time a 16 seed takes down a one. But we said it, Purdue. If there was a one seed to go down, it was gonna be Purdue. The the way you beat them is you just if you can somehow stop a seven four center. Uh, their their guards and their shooting was not really that good all season and throughout the tournament. I just I wasn't really big on them. I didn't take FDU in that game. I know a lot of people were kind of big on fade in that game and they love to see those upsets. But I I didn't take any of those crazy upsets. I don't know if you had any that you were on. Uh, maybe a Princeton or um, no, I don't think so. Actually, I might have gave out like a plus two hundred, but that's not too crazy. Uh, there was a game on I think it was Saturday that. I think it's Xavier. Who did Xavier play? I had the team that they played against, but then Xavier came back in overtime. I think that was the biggest Kennesaw, dog that I gave out. Was that the out. Kennesaw State game? No. Yeah, Kennesaw okay, State. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that is what it is. I tried to hit on the big dogs, just picked the wrong ones, unfortunately. March Madness hasn't been too kind to me. I see Dave Portnoy is absolutely crushing it. But going back to Purdue, I mean, Penn State fans, and yes, again, a little bit biased, but we kind of knew Purdue wasn't that good. Like you said, if you could shut down Edie, which is easier to do in the tournament because there's, you know, just a lot more pressure than the Big Ten tournament. If you could shut him down, then you actually have a good chance to win. That FDU coach, I don't know his name, but he put a lot of confidence in that group two days before saying, I just watched Purdue tape. I think we could beat them. And I saw a stat on Twitter. Zach Eady, and I, I think this was Purdue as a whole, they took one two-point shot or made one two-point field goal in the last six minutes of that game. That is pathetic. I don't even know how that's possible. Yeah, I mean, when you have a guy who's seven four down low, you got to take more than one, one two point shot in the last six minutes. So that, that explains a lot. But yeah, that uh, F FDU coach Tobin Anderson, I think his name is. Yeah, he, he just got signed to a, or he has a con contract with Iona now. Yeah, that's awesome. Good for him. And Rick Patino from Iona to St. John's, big for my New York friend. Well, I actually don't really have a lot of New York friends, but good for the for the New York market there in St. John's. Hopefully, he can revive that program. That would be awesome. They got a lot of big-time donors, a lot of people who really bleed the, that St. John's basketball program. I was kind of uh, shook up by that Ed Cooley leaving Providence College. He actually lives the town over from me. He's been coaching yeah. there for a while, making those Friars into a, a legitimate contender every year. Uh, they, they knock some people off here and there in March Madness, but he's going down, I think, Georgetown. That was pretty crazy to see as well. Yeah, Lee yeah it was Rodney. crazy. He put his house on the block like in a second. John Rothstein was on that. That was hilarious. I just saw a picture right before I joined this. Ed Cooley had a meeting. Listen to this, guys. I think this is the weirdest thing ever. He supervised a meeting or he set up a meeting with every single Georgetown coach. There's 30 different teams. Not sure if that includes the basketball team. But he literally had a meeting with every one of them. They were standing in a gym and he was speaking to them. I think that's a little hardo material. That's that's a little too hard for it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a little weird. <laughs> yeah, that I is not, very I weird. didn't hear that, but yeah, I don't know if that's my coaching style, but teach their own on that one, but I'd probably just send a text and yeah. knock and see them in the dining hall or something. Yeah. <laughs> see you guys around. Yeah, but anyway, Ed Cooley, now the Providence program, they didn't get a – did they get their new coach? I don't think so. Yeah, they did no, name they their guy Kim English, I think, something like that. Oh. The former George Mason head coach, I saw that today. So Okay. Uh, they did fill that spot. 
Yeah, we'll see where that goes. They were a good team this year and, and last year. So I yeah. don't know. I don't really follow the Big East that much, but they were definitely a good team. Yeah. Um, I think that's it. If you got anything for us, maybe. Oh, oh. Um, who do you guys follow in football? We're I'm I'm pretty much Pittsburgh based in everything. Uh, the NBA, I'm Pittsburgh. kind of all over the place. So Steelers, Penguins, Pirates. Patriots. Um, I'm a Cowboys yeah, yeah. fan. Well, let me ask you a question. What's your name again? Oh, Alex, Alex. Do you think if the Jets get Aaron Rodgers that the Patriots are still going to dominate them? Do you remember when the Jets got Brett Favre? I knew you were going to bring that up. <laughs> yes, I do. And it was terrible. History repeats itself is all I'm going to say. I, but I like the, with, with the hoodie at the helm. Um, the Patriots actually held Aaron Rodgers in check in his home stadium last year with Billy Zapp at quarterback. Bailey Zapp, I know I call him Billy Zapp because Mr. Irrelevant. Not, <laughs> not the actual Mr. Irrelevant. Don't I hear you, yeah. Brock Purdy. But, um, yeah, I, I'm not too worried about those Jets, though. Even with Aaron Rodgers, I mean, I just think this is more of a move for him to stay in the media than for him as a football player. So, I don't know. I, I know Brady and Stafford has success late in their career going to a new team. I, I just don't see it happening right away with the Jets. Well, listen, when the Jets get Aaron Rodgers, when it becomes official, I think it'll become official soon. At least I hope so. And then when they beat the Patriots for the first time in, I believe, 14 games, I will make sure to hit up your phone number and rub it into you. And then you could just like send banners to me or something because I really got nothing else to say besides then. But guys, what plays do you have tonight? I gave out my play, Avalanche and Regulation. You guys got any winners? I need to write it down. 99% of the time we have like five plays ready or something but yeah we actually yeah. we actually haven't looked at anything so far tonight it was just a rough with only two games in the NHL tonight it was tough um do you guys look at NBA much at all uh so I mentioned I do that NBA talk show but yeah. I don't watch any NBA and I don't really know anything about it I just say whatever the hell is on my mind <laughs> cool I, I love like that, that. How, you how you supposed to do it I, I like that a lot yeah um, the NHL the NHL tonight we usually don't go against uh our home teams do too much, um, especially the Penguins right now. They're not playing too hot, so we wouldn't lean that way. I know that I lean on the Avs, but more so the over. We've been taking that with Jerry struggles lately. The Smith not being I like that too. As well. I like that too, and the Avs can score. They're, they've been banged up all season long, but they still got McKinnon, Natruskin, Kale McCarr. I'm not sure if he's going to play tonight, but we all know they still got talent. And then what about uh, – any UFC plays? You guys look at the UFC lineup? We're trying to get more into UFC. What do you got for us? Well, this one's not mine, but you guys know Matt Tanner? No. You can so. look him up on Twitter and TikTok. Okay. He's, he has Marlon Vera, Marlon Cheeto Vera, for four units. So I'm going to steal that play for myself. I'm not going to say it's a winner. I haven't read anything about it, but I trust him. So Marlon Vera, I think it's plus 145. Oh, plus. But yeah. Uh, that's really all I got. Um, I hope the Yankees can have a successful year. Thank you once again for having me on. And if you, any of you guys want to come on my show, feel free. Just hit me up. Yeah, it was a blast. Ben Wasserman, thank you for coming on, sir. Great to have you. Uh, check out Ben on Instagram, Twitter, all his shows on Twitter, TikTok, and all that jazz. Good to hear from you, Ben. We're hoping to have you back on again soon. I assume one of these guys are definitely going to want to come on your show for sure. All right. Sounds awesome, guys. Be well. Same to you, Ben. Nice to see you. Thanks for coming Thanks. on, man. Thanks really appreciate on. it. Nice to meet you. It. Yep, you too. All righty. That was a great interview with Ben, boys. Lots of good stuff to look forward to with him, I think. Uh, 
So let's get into our usual stuff this week. Why don't we start off this week with the NHL? First point I have here is the NHL announces a new on-ice jersey deal with Fanatics starting in 2024-2025 season and will last 10 years. I'm hearing people are not thrilled about this deal. Fanatics has been known in recent years to produce not-so-great apparel, just not-so-great material and customer service and things like that. So uh, we're going through another jersey change here. Huff said it in our group message. I feel like Adidas, just that, that, that jersey deal just happened. But you guys want any comment on this? I was surprised to see this. I mean, I obviously said it. The, the I felt like the Adidas thing just happened, and um, I'm just waiting for the NHL to stop fucking around until they just go to Nike like everyone else. But we'll wait and see until that happens because we see these international jerseys, and when they wear the Nike, they look so much nicer in my opinion. But, I mean, we'll see how these Fanatics jerseys look. When the Adidas ones came out, they obviously looked kind of weird with what they did with like the around-the-neck thing, but they obviously ended up looking pretty sweet on the ice. So um, I think they'll make it work, but really comes down to what the players say, I guess. I don't know why the NHL changes their jerseys so often. You're right, Huff. It's like every year it's something different. CCM, Reebok, Bauer, Nike, Adidas. They like, need to just do Nike for like 10 years like the NFL just did. Yeah, and stick with it. Fanatics, I mean, why not try them, I guess? I, I, I've seen a lot of flack about it on Twitter. People aren't looking forward to it. They think it's going to be high prices and poor quality, but hope for the best. Um, I mean, NHL jerseys are some of the best in all of sports, so hard to screw up. Yeah, we'll see. I'm very curious about that one. Looking forward to that. The next point I got here in the NHL is that the Colorado Avalanche extend their coach's contract, Jared Bednar, to a three-year extension. He's expected to expected to be just shy of $5 million a year. So the Avs continuing on their, uh, their trend with the core they got, it seems. What do you guys think? Any comment on this? Such a sick team out there in Colorado. I mean, they're going to be contenders for year in and year out. So young with that core. I mean, they have the superstars up front. I know Ben was talking about a bit, but their depth is really showing up now too. Guys like Dean Malgin, Sam Gerrard, um, Bowen Byram. I mean, they have a lot of guys comp for throughout that lineup that have been stepping up. So they're going to be tough out come the playoffs again. Yeah, I agree. I think the, I think the Avs are going to go on a run in the Western Conference here. I think... Uh, we see the Stars and Vegas, they obviously have their doubts, or at least I have their doubts with them, and the Avalanche having the experience. And I know they've been injured as of late, but uh, I think this Avalanche team is gearing up for another run. And uh, Jared Bender, obviously at the helm, been pretty successful getting the, hit, getting the Stanley Cup for them uh, What last year. Though, I don't know why I had a mind blank on that one. But, um, yeah, call it, Ace, you said it. Colorado's gearing up for another one. I, I just think they're uh, – I could potentially go to the cup if not i think potentially i like vegas like i said but colorado another one yeah i've i've said a few times now that i like uh avalanche to start heating up here and uh now that they're getting healthy and everything um they're definitely my favorites out west especially because there's not really anyone to 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 like take over i don't think uh who like dallas winnipeg maybe um vegas Edmonton, obviously, but you know what always happens with them. Um, yeah, I just think that Avalanche take uh, take advantage of a weak Western Conference this year. Good stuff, boys. In the final point I got here in the NHL, in the NHL, is that the NHL salary cap negotiations are currently in play right now. The NHL announced that the cap could increase by as much as four and a half million dollars, which is up 
from the last announcement of just about a million dollars. Currently, a million dollars is about the average increase um, each time they increase, whether it's every year, every few years, I think. Um, Any comment on this? I think it's going to four and a half million is a lot compared to recent years. Does that just mean the NHL is doing very well? That's what what Bettman said. He said the uptick in viewership. Pay players a little more. Yeah. It's good. Needs to get up a little. So with the other three uh, major sports, I mean, it's obviously clearly the lowest. So um, Is it the lowest cap? Oh, easily. Easily. Yeah, probably. All the three other sports, I mean, you're not going to see a $30 million million a year in the NHL. But it's the fact that there's only like 15 guys on the roster in the NBA. You know what I mean? What about the NFL, who has a 64-man roster? Oh, well, yeah, true. That will, and the I NBA know, is I'm definitely, saying, I'm definitely It's definitely between the NBA and NHL for who's the lowest. Because the MLB, yeah, the MLB doesn't no have one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, I mean, the NFL is obviously the number one sport. Yeah, I'm actually going to I'm gonna look that up. Go the ahead. NBA is miles ahead, ahead of the, M- or, or the NHL. I think, at least. I mean... I'm just curious. Think about how much more popular it is. Think about how much more it's... It's covered by Sports Center, by First Take, by everything. You don't see NHL in here. It's all, right. about, right. it's all about the NBA. It says these estimates use the NBA's most recent projection of $134 million salary cap and $162 million luxury tax line for the 2023-2024 NBA season. Let's see what the NHL is. <clears throat> what did I say it was? $134 million? Yeah, dang, the NHL is way lower. What is it? I can't really find like a number, but it seems like sixty-four like or something. Eighty-two and a half million. Yeah, it's it's not really close. It's not all. even a hundred million. Yeah. Well, it's just. I mean, it, it makes sense though. I mean. Yeah. Based off revenue, if the more you bring in, the more attention you bring in, the more you can give out. So they'll be at around basically eighty-six million, give or take eighty-seven. It's still low. And like Austin Matthews, Connor McDavid, these guys are making sixteen million. But I guess you know your fourth liners are making league minimum in most cases. Like barely even touching a million dollars. Yeah. You see, <laughs> you see fourth options on a fuck on a team. You'll see third, <laughs> your third string. Third, I your mean, third bench man in making seventeen million dollars a year. It's ridiculous. Yeah, but that's uh, yeah. I was gonna say that's why there's league minimum because you got to be able to figure it in there somehow. I think that's just going to about wrap up what we got in the NHL for this week. Let's shift our focus over to the NBA. The next one I got is, it's been 20 years, but Slam Ball is back. According to Doug Greenberg of Front Office Sports, Slam Ball will return in July and feature a six-week regular season before a one-week playoff that will take place in Las Vegas. Lots of big-name investors involved, uh, people involved with like the Sixers and people in that sense. Um, but this is very involved. interesting. I believe, yes. That's awesome. I was told there, there. I was understood that there will be odds on this, and I think it's very interesting. I've watched some old videos of it, and it's I think, it's the trivia basketball. Yeah, I think yeah. we should release lines or release picks. On, I, I on absolutely this. think we should too. So six weeks, one week of playoffs. I think that's super interesting. Very short minded, but that's maybe what they need to get their exposure right. So not try to. I, when I is thought this? that was pretty sick. I saw the, I saw the highlights of it, but I've never seen that when I was younger. Uh, it's been twenty years, so we would have been. <laughs> squats this is way cooler than the xfl that's all i'm saying big time yeah yeah but it's yeah, like less realistic like it's less yeah, of a fine. real sport it's more like a, a game yeah like the xfl this is like those is like three on three league. nba leagues yeah have you watched the xfl what have you watched the xfl flipping through channels but i've never like yeah. watched it like you can't name anyone other than like josh gordon ben denucci 
Fun fact, Ben, I think it was Ben DiNucci. Um, he's uh, the only quarterback that's been benched in like the CFL, the, and a, the a, NFL, NFL, yeah. XFL. <laughs> but now he's a starter again, and they're good. I, I mean, I don't watch it. I have no yeah, idea. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. If you watch it, I was going to I'm not going to watch Slam Ball either. <laughs> I am. It's on in the middle of July. There's no, there's other okay, than baseball. Okay, thing. okay, yeah, you're kind of desperate at that time. But okay, it's on in It starts November. as the NBA it's finals end. If it's on in November, are you watching it? No. If, I'm not watching the XFL if it's on in November. You're never watching the XFL. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. But you are watching the XFL in the summer, in, in July. If it was on, if the XFL, I need Maybe. like a little bit of a break from football. Like the fact that the XFL starts as soon as the Super Bowl, whatever, the Sunday after the Super yeah, Bowl, it's, it's, it's too it's fast. Bad, like bad. I need like a month. And Put then it this it way. Start. Put it this way: How often do you go to AAA and AHL games, right? Like nobody. It's, it's fun how often are you there. watching? Yeah, like how often are you watching? No, that? you're I not putting like it on your TV. I'll like, tell you that. I feel like you're way more. Like you're, you're definitely going to a AAA game or a or a minor league baseball game before you go to an XFL game. Yeah, but you'll throw an XFL game on the TV before you throw a AAA or AHL game on the TV. Yeah, because football's a better. All right, true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. True. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But I yeah, don't know just, how we got on this topic, but Ace, do you follow the XFL at all? No, but I know my brother went to a game and he said they had a sick beer snake going. This year? I mean, it's got to be all about the environment. No, it was a few years ago. It was the was it Defenders, the Washington Defenders or something. Yeah. Like DC Defenders. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, Slam Ball's back. That's how we got on that topic. Oh, yeah. I'm, so, I'm, fake sports. I'm in on Slam Ball. I'm excited to see what this is. I am too. All right, that's it for the NBA. Let's go over to the NFL. We got some signings and different additions and things to cover. The first one I have is the Detroit Lions continue to make additions, signing cornerback C.J. Gardner-Johnson to a one-year, $8 million deal. Did you guys see the thing that uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson said that the skill players on this team that he's on currently are better than any other team he's ever been on or something like that? The Lions. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> I mean, you gotta have confidence going in. Yeah, I guess. I'm gonna try like, to find the exact quote. Gas but it up going in. But I'm I interested. Think to, the, the Lions just keep adding dudes, and it's getting kind of. I I think the Lions are gearing up for a big name free agent quarterback, unless they have faith in uh, no, Jared they have Goff. Faith but, in Jared Goff. I think they do. They Jared really Goff do. is good. I don't like to hate that. And he's games. young, and the way he plays, he can play at that position forever. He's a pocket passer, who will only get better as the years go on with his mind, but. They're loading up, and so are the Bears, and then it's gonna, we're going to get all excited for either of them to take over the NFC North, and it's going to be just a battle between the Vikings and the Packers, like it always is. It's tough to say, but I, I do think Why? the you think, the, you think the that Bears. the Lions won't be, in, won't be up for the division I, this week this year? No, I want to say the Bears and Lions are going to be duking it out with all the firepower and the hype around them and like the, their exciting last season, but the way they sputtered out at the end was pretty embarrassing, and I know that there's no Aaron Rodgers. The the Vikings have lost some pieces, but I just feel like the Packers and Lions are still a year or two away, and it's going to be same old, same old. I mean, that Vikings team still has so much talent. Oh, I I completely disagree. I think the Lions are going to win that division this year, and I think it's I think the Vikings will be right there, and I don't think it'll be easy, but it's definitely a, ra- a race between the Lions and Vikings, in my opinion. I don't think the Packers are going to be anything. The Packers defense and their run game is really good, though. It'll be interesting. I mean, I I hope you're right. I would like to see the Lions win the division, but. They're the Lions, and every time we have any hope, they seem to crush it in our palms like the Cleveland Browns. So, um, I'll, I'll start to see. 
Who do you think had a better offseason, though, the Bears or the Lions so far? Um, Bears. They're just getting draft picks. Draft picks yeah, are more pleasing. Yeah, I guess you could say the I'll Bears, but, I, the, the, but the All right, the let's, let's go over the, it real quick. The, the Bears Lions added, moves, the, the Lions the Bears mo- added all those picks. They added um, the receiver on the outside, DJ Moore. They added Donta Foreman. They added Tremaine Edmonds, and they added some other pieces of their defense. The Lions lost Jamal Williams, um, but they added I David Montgomery from the David Bears. Montgomery. Did they ever add a receiver? No. They added defense. They added a lot to their secondary. I know that. CJGJ. Yep. They added That's, another guy. Yeah, it's a huge. corner. I think a corner from Emmanuel Mosley, maybe? Cam Sutton from the Steelers. Yeah. So they did get a receiver. A no, he's a corner. Cam, oh, I'm thinking Cortland Sutton. Sorry. No. Yeah, so that, that's a tough call. I'm going to go with the Bears, though, here, but the, the Lions were a better team from the start. They had less holes to fill. So I think the Lions team. I think the Lions moves are going to be more profitable in the end. I think if you're giving a, in the end? If you're giving a grade, I think that you're going to say that the Bears have a better grade. Yeah. But for this season, I think the, it's definitely more profitable for the Lions, their moves. Yeah, yeah the I'd Bears are more of a But Tremaine Edmonds is going to I make mean, that defense. Tremaine Edmonds is such a big ad. I and wanted DJ him so Moore, bad. DJ Moore as well. And then think about the picks they have this year too. I mean, they're going to get some good bodies in the first round. They're going to they got uh I think getting rid of Montgomery and adding Foreman was a good move. Foreman and Herbert's a good duo back there with Fields. I mean, it'll it'll be interesting, but I just have a knack uh, this feeling in the back of my head where those two teams are going to be irrelevant again for some reason even though that this is literally the time for them to open Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I, none of us really have any faith in this Vikings team. I think they'll. I mean, you, I can't have faith in Kirk Cousins. I don't think. I just said I think it'll still be them. But I think they'll be. Good. They'll be good. They'll probably be ten, eleven wins. But I don't think they're going to win that division. I don't. I am on the Justin Fields bandwagon. I, I don't do think like that they're going to be very good. I want maybe. the. I want the Bears and Lions to fight for it, but I just feel like the Vikings or Packers. It would be so much more fun because they've both been so bad for so long. At least in our lifetime, they've both been bad since the Bears went to the Super Bowl. What, when we were, I mean, I was in probably elementary school when they played Peyton Brian Manning. Brian Urlacher. Yeah, Brian Urlacher, Peyton Manning. And, I mean, I don't know. I just think it would be cool to see the Bears lines, but because it's been Packers for so long, and now you see Aaron Rodgers move on. And, I mean, Jordan Love could step in there, not saying the Packers are the greatest team in the world, but. They have the winning mentality. They still have a good defense. They didn't they really add much, but them. I was going to say, they still have Aaron Jones. They st- I know they lost Alan Lazard and Rodgers, but they still have options up there in Green Bay. That we don't was really... Love drafted? Wasn't he like Dude, a like, top he's 20 in his, pick? He's in like, yeah, he was top 20. I think he was 20th overall. Isn't this he like was, his fourth um, or third year? Third. Yeah. Think about how high of a draft pick that was. He has to be good, right? Where did he go to school? Utah, Utah State, State or something? What a weird pick. Imagine if they added something else. Maybe they would have a Super Bowl under their belt, but what are you going to do? Good stuff on that one, boys. I got another point here in the NFL. Darius Slay in the Philadelphia Eagles have agreed on terms on a two-year contract extension. There were talks about Slay moving on from Philadelphia, but the sides were able to get a deal done to keep Slay as an Eagle. Any comment on this? Next up, two-time Super Bowl champion wide receiver Cole Hardman has reached an agreement to join the New York Jets. Overrated. Yeah, I was I just talking. I was just talking to my friends who are Jets fans about this, and I, and they were like, 
this team's so sick. They have so many options. I'm like, yeah, this is like a nice little depth piece, but he's like, who? He's really not that good. He's of just a, a burner. Ad. He has he has big play. He's a special teams player, honestly. Yeah, he's a specialist. You give him the end around the screen pass, and he breaks it really really long. Or he's a punt return specialist. I think he's a pro bowler for his return skills. Yeah, so not a bad. Uh, I mean, what was the price tag on this on the signing again? Couldn't couldn't tell it you. It didn't say when I put it in. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Can't give up too much for him, but. To knock off another point you probably have on the list, Jesse, I, I like the move that the Jets made by shipping out Elijah Moore for a pair of picks. I think they got 42 and 75. I mean, that's a haul for Elijah Moore. I know that he's got some skill and he's going to be a good two over there, but... Yeah, the Jets what? now have back-to-back picks in the second round with that uh, the pick they got back from the Browns for that trade. I meant to say that to Ben earlier. I mean, great move by the Browns, but the thing is, what a move by the Jets. That's what I'm worried about is that youth they can keep building on the defense and the whole line with uh, some high picks. Yeah, absolutely. And then I'll, I guess, skip over our next point. Yeah, and the next one I got is Aces, New England Patriots have signed former Penn State and Miami Dolphins tight end Mike Gusecki on a one-year deal worth $9 million. With that, they've also signed running back James Robinson. Yeah, I mean, Corvette, Corvette. We're going to be seeing some big numbers from Juju. Uh, at the same price tag as Jacoby Myers, which is a slap in the face, but let's be real. Ju- Juju Smith-Schuster is a better wide receiver than Jacoby Myers. So if you're going to spend that money, might as well get him. I still think they need to make that move to make him an elite number two option. They're going to get D-Hop, and I bet you it's going to be similar to that deal that uh, Brandon Cooks was involved with, where it's a fifth and a sixth for D-Hop when they originally were seeking a two. So hopefully the Bill Belichick can get that done and then make that Juju signing look even better because when you have Stevenson and Robinson, you get D-Hop, Juju, and Parker, and Thornton with Hunter Henry and uh, Mike Gusecki. Mac Jones has the weapons he's been lacking so far. So, way to be so far. Patriots still expecting a lot more. So, I was going to say, yeah, all you, just, all you need is a quarterback. You I, guys are, dude, yeah, dude, I really like these pieces that you guys are adding, but you still have Mac Jones <laughs> at quarterback. Like, this team does look... I don't look, think he's that bad. Dude, he's, he's just... Think about Jalen Hurts coming into last year. He's in the same exact spot. They put weapons around him, and he went on to a Super Bowl career. Uh, or, Mac uh, Jones is definitely not Jalen Hurts, and I think you know that. I mean, at the beginning of last year, uh, people were very low on Jalen Hurts. They were pretty high on Mac Jones after a very solid rookie season. So I think with Matt Patricia, I mean, at the helm, he's going to catch a lot of heat, and he was injured throughout most of the year, sophomore slump. I believe in all of that, but obviously time will tell, and this is an important season for him, but they're putting the right pieces around him to make sure it's a thing. I, I know the offensive line is still a worry, though. I, I, I think the Patriots will be pretty good this year. I think they'll be... Maybe a nine ten win. I mean, actually, I don't think ten wins. Maybe a nine nine win team. But you're also in a really tough division, and obviously, you know, loaded the AFC is. So, you know, they were I, a nine win team this year, and they got a lot better. I I I don't really. I don't think you will. You guys will be that much better. Time will tell. Time will tell. It'll be a fun division for sure. Good yeah, signings though so far. I'm, two I'm tough games against the Jets now. It's just uh, every divisional it. game's tough. Every division. Patriots can lose to anybody and beat anybody, but need more moves. Bring me D-Hop. Come on. Bring him on. <laughs> I keep seeing he's going to Dallas. Yeah, I think they already filled their void. With yeah, Brandon we just Cooks. got Brandon Cooks. I know. I don't. Who else? So what? CeeDee Lamb. CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, Brandon Cooks, Noah Brown, and then Ferguson. At- the young guy. The young guy they drafted, too, the rookie. Bush Cheever. I forget the other place I saw somewhere said or for D Hop, Baltimore. Was it Baltimore? Yep. Yeah, no one wants to go there. They don't throw the ball. Like no receivers go to Baltimore. 
can't wait to see them sign Lamar on the cheap, but they have to. But I think this is really just helping them out in the long run with everybody not beating. But we'll see with that. With that, we got veteran wide receiver Adam Thielen has signed with the Carolina Panthers. What do you guys think about this one? Anything? Uh, Carolina kind of just keeps silently adding people. They gave up. We said they gave up a lot for that first overall pick, but now they're sitting there with their chance to take their guy. And Thielen said on the Pat McAfee show he wanted to go somewhere where he thought he had a chance at winning a Super Bowl, and he thinks Carolina is the right spot. He doesn't even know who his quarterback is. Yet. Yeah, and he doesn't even. Know yeah, but his I I heard that, and like the first thought is just like what Huff said, like oh my god, the Carolina, no way. But their division's wide open, and that conference as a whole is terrible. I mean. Anybody can get into the playoffs there. Anybody can win that division, and then you can get to the NFC Championship and punch your ticket. Their favorite, they're going to beat the the Niners or the Eagles. They're supposedly going with CJ Stroud, so we'll see. Yeah, uh, I I think that they can definitely make the playoffs. Obviously, you know, in that weak division. But even if you get past that first mat, that uh, that wild card round, you you run into that Eagles team or even that Cowboy actually Cowboys. Obviously, the, the playoffs aren't very good. Yeah, you see the Niners. Um, I just don't – come on. C.J. Stroud in, the first, in this first season with the Carolina Panthers, I mean, I don't really I don't really think the Carolina Panthers are – No, I agree. But at least he'll have competitive season with that with that low talent, lowly talented division. So he should be see, able to I, beast down there. I actually think the Panthers are the, probably the best team top because of the roster defense. In, that, yeah. in that division. I, yeah, I actually think the Falcons. Definitely. I think it's going to be the Falcons that come out of it somehow. The Saints. But uh, I, the Saints just keep silently adding people. Now they got Derek Carr. Like they're the all good, good in their own ways, but they're bad in a lot of ways. I'll say that. It's definitely the weakest division. But they all have some strengths, some hidden talent, some defensive studs, some young guys that can deliver. So yeah, it's but really they're a lot all still bad. Like they're all still yeah, they're, bad football teams. Like you, you could yeah, say the pieces that they the have. The National but. Football Conference. See what Derek Carr can do in a weak division coming from the best division of football. I I think I don't know. I think the Saints they just keep. My cousin made a point the other day. Kamara and uh, Jamal Williams is like their new version of when they would bring in Mark Ingram and Mark Ingram would go for sixty yards and two touchdowns on the goal line. Like that's Jamal Williams. I think that's a really good ad for the Saints. Alrighty, let's move on to our next one. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers informed running back Leonard Fournette on this past Friday that they would be releasing him. Do we think he uh, ends up somewhere? Do you think he still has it in him? He'll end up somewhere, but I don't I hope know. He goes he, to a contender. I like playoff Lenny. I just feel like he's never been what he should have been. You know, coming out of college, he was. He was. He was him. He's a Super Bowl champion. He was him in Jacksonville. He was good. That year that they beat the Steelers and went up to they play, lost to the Patriots. They lost to the Patriots. Yeah, His quarterback was Blake Bortles. Like. That, that defense was also incredible. Yeah, no, but he I, was a stud. And yeah, he he did have a big hand in that playoff run for the uh, Bucks when they won the Super Bowl. I know he didn't have the big game in the Super Bowl as Ronald Jones more so, but he had that good run. He scored a touchdown like every week. Yeah, no, I like, he's a good running back. I'm not taking yeah. anything away from him, but yeah. he's not what he what he was supposed to be. His play style. He's going to get signed after Ezekiel Elliott, though. Yeah, definitely. Where do you think and your you know, boys? You know what going? I think. You know what I think I about Fournette. Didn't even give you an educated guess. I don't. I don't know. I feel like Fournette is going to be one of those guys that gets signed midway through the season when someone gets injured. I, I think Ezekiel Elliott you think? will go to like. Yeah, I could see Elliott signing before the season for sure with someone like the Rams. 
Elliot will definitely be somewhere before the season starts. He'll definitely have a home. But I'm trying I, to think of where I could see yeah, Zeke. Well, I'm trying to think about Rams. it right now. Rams. Ravens. Denver. I would like that. No, J- Javante and Javante J- J.K. Williams Dobbins and Javante Williams are good running backs. I think I really think the Bills or the Rams are the two teams that are that are looking for one. I don't think it's a good fit in Buffalo. No, but the Rams with McVeigh and that that division's pretty wide open too. You know, the Ram or the Bills seem so confident in that they just lost Singletary to I believe the Texans, but they seem very confident in uh, what's his name, Zach, James Cook, James Cook and Zach Moss. Yep, they seem pretty confident in that duo. I think they have Hines under contract still as well. Yeah. All righty, and you guys quickly alluded to this, I think, but the Houston Texans have traded wide receiver Brandon Cooks to the Dallas Cowboys for two draft picks. Mackie, your Dallas Cowboys getting Cooks. What do you think? Yeah, um, obviously he was in Houston last year, so um, he had Davis Mills, a quarterback, obviously. But I, I just feel like he hasn't been um, been very relevant. I don't know. It's a nice little depth piece for, for Dude, Dak. But you know when he plays, he's like one of the most consistent fantasy football players. He's also like a, isn't he, he's a huge deep threat. Yeah, when he I'm sa- like that's like a stat I saw that whenever he plays, he's one of the most consistent wide receivers in fantasy football over like the last five years. When obviously when playing, because he is not that consistent with whether it's injuries or last year he just decided he didn't want to play for the Texans for good reason. They weren't a good team, but it's coming in as third option too. So yeah, I nice think that's a great ad. So yeah, it's, it's a good ad. It's if we're not going to get D hop, then I, I, I think D hop's good, but I think we've seen the best of D hop. How old is he? Third 29. I don't think he's 30 yet. I'll look it up. Yeah, keep writing him off. That's definitely somebody I would like to add to my team. 30. When healthy, he's uncoverable. Net matchup nightmare. You know how much better he makes everybody else, too? How good does Juju Smith-Schuster become as your number two option when you have the under option? I've said it. He's a number two receiver. Yeah. I mean, hey, that's what Jacoby Myers was, too. So, Who would you rather have for that price, Myers or Juju? Probably Juju. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Juju. Juju's more explosive. You don't want to say it at all. No, I don't and want to say it. I don't like either of them. That's when you know it's true because you're still saying it. Yeah. Myers is just a solid like, yeah. team over. I'd rather just not have my not have my player pass the ball to the other team, you know? So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That definitely gets a kick that quick. <laughs> See ya. Don't let the door hit you on the way There's out. There's an Max inside Jones. job. Yeah, Chandler Jones. Geez, literally sick highlight. All right, move on. Next point. <laughs> Well, that's going to wrap up everything we have in the NFL this week. It's time to get to what we all are waiting for yet again, the college basketball March Madness tournament. First two rounds of March Madness concluded the other night, so it's time for the Sweet 16 starting tomorrow, March 23rd. So Thursday, probably when you're listening to this, lots of upsets happening in the first two rounds of the tournament. All right, and we have a bunch of upsets that happened in the first two rounds of the tournament. A couple that we already reviewed with Ben. Princeton taking down number two and one of our national championship picks, Arizona Wildcats, as well as the number 16 seed. How do you even say fairly? Fairly. Fairly Dickinson becoming becomes just the second number 16 seed in March Madness history to win their first round matchup. They took down number one seed, Purdue. With that, we also went over Penn State defeating number seven seed, Texas A&M, in their first round matchup. So we reviewed a couple of these with Ben. But the first one that we want to review, 
is number 11 seed Pitt Panthers take down number 6 seed Iowa State in their first round matchup in a dominating effort. Iowa State struggled to get things going and their experience and the experienced Pitt team capitalized. Pitt would go on to lose their next game in the next round against Xavier, but good effort by Pitt in the tournament this year. What do you guys got about this one? Anything? Yeah, obviously we had uh, Pitt in both of these games and we had them plus the points in Iowa State. Nice win outright. Iowa State obviously played one of the worst games of college basketball I've ever seen and Pitt was all over them that game. So good game to be on uh, the Pitt Panthers there. Capitalized on that one. And then the next game we had, um, uh, I think it was, what was the plus points against Xavier? Five and a half. Five and a half against Xavier. And uh, once it got to like 20 at the end of the first half or 14 at the end of the first half, I knew we were going to be fighting for a backdoor cover and we got really close at the end and then uh last couple garbage points kind of put it out but um Pitt would go on to lose I, I'm not too big on this Xavier team so um see that yeah that we we overlooked that Xavier team yeah. too much and I think we got too a little too uh high on, on high on Pitt definitely yeah. um they they beat a really mediocre Iowa State team uh, obviously coming out of the Big 12 they're pretty good but West Virginia beat them twice and I just didn't think they were very strong to begin with Iowa State scored 42 points in that first round game. Pitt gave up 42 points in the first half against. I think it was more than 42. I know I'm saying, but it was more than 42 in the first half to Xavier. Yeah, I mean, we overlooked Xavier. That Kunkel kid couldn't miss a three in the first half. Dude, they're good. They're they're definitely one of the best teams in this tournament. I, I'm just not big on them. I don't think they're. Like, they I'm, are. They're scary. And yeah, <clears throat> this this Xavier Texas game is going to be incredible. I think it's going to be. Definitely be the best game in the Sweet 16. Could yeah, be the best game in the absolutely. Tournament. I, I like Houston, Miami a lot too. They're all good matchups. UCLA yeah. and Zaga is a good matchup as well. Um, we'll get into the matchups. Just actually, we'll just go over this Virginia game. Yeah, good stuff. The number 13 seed Furman takes down number four seed Virginia in their opening round matchup. Furman went on to lose in the next round to San Diego State. What do you guys think about this one? This is the game that I cake done i picked it in all my brackets i bet it i bet it money line i bet it spread and this is just my one pick that i and it was like the second game of the whole tournament so it got me like really excited but um this was that one game that i picked that i um just absolutely caked on there's always that one game every year i thought i i don't know much about firm and i had virginia in a couple of our bracket or a couple of my brackets i think i put that in for ours and uh, obviously, Furman. I, I did have San Diego State in the next game, minus five. That was me and Jesse, or I think it was at the day that we were at the casino. Yeah, I'd seen, I took San Diego State, minus five and a half that game, that day against Furman, and uh, San Diego State obviously cashed that for me, but good game by Furman in the first game against Virginia. Virginia just keeps on struggling in the first round of March, and uh, them and Purdue not really looking too hot uh, in the past couple of years. Don't but, forget Arizona. Yeah, true Arizona too. Well, fuck them. I don't even want to talk about them. Yeah, brutal. Both of our uh, futures. Are yeah, just ba- white. And, ba- and Baylor fucking blew it. That was tough too. But yeah, you win some, you lose some. So fucking a few, a plus two thousand future. Like, I mean, come on. It's March Madness. It's the hardest. This is definitely the hardest sport to hit a future. Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like every future is just oh, yeah, incredibly yeah. hard to hit. Yeah, but like. If you were to take it from the beginning of the season to the end of the season, I feel like college basketball is the hardest. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Good, good thing I, good thing I wrote on your uh, Baylor pick 
for uh, my bracket. I had one bracket with Baylor, one with Arizona. Yeah, those, they were those tough. Both got blown up. <laughs> Dude, my bracket is worse than it's ever been. Yeah, this is the worst. This is the worst bracket I've ever had. But I'm doing good gambling. What's crazy yeah, is exactly. So yeah, I'm like, no, I've, been the bracket. On, I've been hitting on our pick. So on the books, I've been doing well. But what's crazy is in the brackets, I'm in first place in two of them. The two that I'm in and. I, my champion's already out, though, so my potential points is not very good. Yeah, so your max points just Yeah, very low. we did so well with the underdogs, but couldn't pick the studs. That's how it always is. Tough scene here in the first two rounds of March Madness, but Sweet 16 starting on Thursday. Some of these matchups, including... How do you guys want to go over these? Like, do you want me to just say them and then you talk about it, or do you want me to just run through them? Just and then say you, it. Put up on the ones you think are... Oh, there, yeah, there's odds. Oh, my God. And I feel like we should give a, not used to this. Our fi- a Final Four prediction. Yeah, just put up on Vandal. We can literally look at odds and talk odds right now. Already in the first matchup that we're going to review here for the Sweet 16 is Michigan State University versus Kansas State. Kansas State, the number three seed. Michigan State, the number seven seed. Michigan State is favored in this matchup at one and a half points. Their money line sitting at minus 126. Kansas State money line at plus 105 in the over-under, sitting at 137.5. What do you guys think about this one? I've been big on this Kansas State team uh, throughout this year, obviously from the Big 12, battle-tested. But I'm going to go with Michigan State here. Tom Mizzo and the Michigan State Spartans to get things done. I like the 1.5. I'm going to take the seven seeds, Michigan State Spartans here. I don't know how you're feeling on this one. I really like this play. Yeah, um, I'm definitely on Michigan State as well. Just Tom Izzo in, in in March is just scary. He always finds a way to get it done. Um, and I this Kansas State team, I think, I think it's just seen the end of its road. It's a very they had a very successful season. It's a very good team. Um, that was a huge game against Kentucky. Kentucky just always finds a way to blow it, in my opinion. I think it was more Kentucky blowing that than Kansas State winning it. But um. I've, you know, I mean, for, from right now, if you could do a second chance bracket, um, Michigan State's my pick out of that, out of the East to go to the Final Four. The other games, Tennessee and uh, Florida Atlantic. So I think the winner of this game is the exactly. goes to the Final Four. Yeah, and I have Michigan State, so um, I really like that play. So definitely stay tuned to see if that ends up on the card. But um, that's probably one of my more favorite plays coming up. But we'll get into this next game here. All right, this next one I have is number eight, Arkansas, versus number four, UConn. UConn coming in as the favorite at four and a half points in this matchup. Their money line sitting at minus 184. Arkansas money line at plus 152 in the over-under, sitting at 139 and a half. This, this is the hardest region, I think, to come out of at this point in time. With um, UCLA and Gonzaga on the other side, I think both those teams are no one you want to see in, a, in an Elite Eight game. Um, but I think UConn definitely has the edge here in this game. Arkansas, huge win against Kansas. Don't take anything away from them. But uh, Bill Self was out. And in a game like that, when it comes down to it, two-minute drill, you need your head coach. You're, you're heavily successful head coach. Um, everyone knows how good of a coach Bill Self is. But um, I think that's what it came down to. Kansas, tough loss. But uh, Arkansas, hard-fought win. I think it comes their their road ends here. UConn's just... Too dominant. That guy Sabato, whatever his name is. Yeah, I don't, yeah, he's a down beast. Low. He's you, a beast. You need Drew Timmy is the only chance to stop him. I think, and I think mm-hmm. that that's what we're going to see in an elite elite eight game. I agree. But um, yeah, I, I I like UConn in that game. I'm I'm the same way. Do you like the four and a half? Because I think Arkansas has the ability to keep it close, and UConn. I mean, they've pulled away in their other two games. I think they're two and zero against the spread in the tournament so far. But 
Uh, Arkansas hangs around, dude, and they're they're so well coached. They're so well coached, but I I don't know. Like in games like this, you see like you can get six free throws at the end of a game. Like it can be a one point game, and it can can really end an eight eight nine point game because you just keep fouling after you miss a three at three. So four and a half point spread here is really sketchy. This but could I, be a good game to take that minus 180 money line and put it, put it in a nice two-legger if you have another play you like. I do see value in them just winning the game, but the four and a half could be four tough. Four and a half scares me. And I don't like it on the other side because of free throws. Exactly. So, so I think just take the UConn money line here and find something else to put it with. Solid stuff there, boys. Another Thursday night matchup. Florida Atlantic, number nine, coming in, coming in to play Tennessee at number four. Tennessee is the favorite here at four and a half points. Their money line sitting at minus 235. Florida Atlantic's money line sitting at plus 190 and the over-under sitting at 129 and a half. Speaking of a nice little uh, two-legger, I think this is a perfect ad. Um, Florida Atlantic is a good team. They've been playing pretty well. Um, they had a nice win against Memphis. Um, nice little shot hit with two, two seconds left, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, Memphis just didn't have enough time to go down, go down court and... Uh, get a bucket but and then they come in again Tennessee comes in against Duke and shuts them up every nine I think it was 91% of the country was on Duke um Tennessee they they silenced me and and they silenced the country I think and I think that they'll definitely get past this Florida Atlantic team I don't know how you're feeling about it but um I think a nice little two-legger with UConn and Tennessee could uh definitely be yeah I I like that I think Tennessee they've been they were injured towards the end of the season. I think Ziegler is his name that went down for them. But that Viscovi, that big white dude, I like them. For, I like him for Tennessee and the shooters, man. Yeah, I think Tennessee's the team that moves on here. That could be a nice play. Let me see what odds are on that. I'm not high on Florida Atlantic. I'm not. That's a um, nice plus one twenty two legger. That could be a play. Got a nice sixteen seed in the round of thirty two. Well, let's wrap up these Thursday night matchups with number three, Gonzaga, and number two, UCLA. Ben hinted uh, in on this game a little bit. UCLA, minus one and a half. Their money line sitting at minus 120, and the over-under sitting at 145 and a half. Who do you guys like in this one? I hear a lot of people keep saying they're not scared of uh, the, all the injuries with this UCLA team. Um, I am. I'm going to go with Gonzaga. I think Drew Timmy and the uh, Gonzaga gets, gets it done here. Gets over the hump, and I know they've haven't had the recent success to get the the job done. I I kind of agree with them. They could be a dark horse to win this thing, and uh, if they can get past UCLA, I really like their chances. So I'm going to take Gonzaga. I'll take the money line plus 100. I have on Fanduel. So uh, give me Gonzaga money line here. I like Gonzaga as well, just because uh, I think Drew Timmy is just playing for his life right now. Uh, we saw last. In the round of 32, he came out with they were down five to TCU, and he just had an incredible first five minutes, and it just changed the whole trajectory of the game. Uh, we hit TCU on a crazy backdoor, plus four and a half or plus five, or whatever we had. But um, Gonzaga looks really good, and this Gonzaga team resembles Arizona a lot, and UCLA struggled a lot with them with Arizona this year. Um, they won two, Arizona won two out of three, and I just think that this this Gonzaga team is a little better than that team. Even so, uh, with the experience with Drew Timmy and just this Gonzaga organization, I'd like them to get it done against UCLA. We're talking about the Sweet 16 here. Four games on Thursday, four on Friday. Let's jump into some of these matchups on Friday. San Diego State University, number five seed against number one seed Alabama. 
Alabama is the favorite here at seven and a half points. Their money line sitting at minus three thirty-five, and the over/under sitting at one thirty-seven and a half. What do we think about this one? Do we think San Diego State stands any chance? Maybe even that seven and a half points. I'm going to take Bama with the seven and a half. Mackie, I know you've been kind of skittish on them with the points, but they've been so dominant throughout this tournament. I can't really fade them in this spot. And I did have San Diego State last round against Furman. I don't think that was really a legitimate comparable matchup to what they're about to deal with this week on Friday night. I'm going to go Bama minus seven and a half. I was at a certain point not really uh, high on this Bama team, but how can you not be at this point? They're just blowing out every team that that gets in front of them. They ran through the SEC tournament. Uh, they've won both these tournament games by 20-plus uh, at least. Um, they look really good. Um, and I don't like the San Diego State team either. I haven't been on them either game yet. They proved me wrong a little, but I still don't think that they're very good. Um, I like I like the points too. I do. I think Alabama covers seven and a half here. I think it gets, a little, it gets away from them late in the second half. Alrighty, the next one I have here is number five, Miami, Florida versus number one, Houston. Another seven and a half point spread for Houston. Their money line sitting at minus 315 and the over-under sitting at 138 and a half. I, I love Miami with the points. I really like this Miami I, team. and I, I, don't I think like, Miami wins a game plus 250. I, I, I don't want to jump on that yet. I'm definitely going to be looking into that. But, I mean, this Miami team, ever since they got there, they got their um, – legs under them after that first game. They didn't look good in that uh, round of 64 game against Drake, I think. Yeah, That was a Drake. tough matchup. We said that. Um, they, they ended up pulling out four snuck it out. They snuck it out. They definitely snuck it out by the skin of their teeth. But um, they looked great in the round of 32. And I really think this team is very good. Um, and this Houston team, we've seen them struggle. We They lost to Memphis in the AAC championship game. Um, they don't play the competition that these teams play all, all season. So, you know, this team can come out um, a little slow. Maybe not know what they're dealing with right away, and I really think Miami's good enough to hold on to this uh, and beat this Houston team. Yeah, I love, I love, I love the, I love the points. I, I will probably take the money line too. That two fifty money line, I think that's a little disrespectful for Miami. Kind of Nigel Pack, sketchy dude, to be Wong, honest. I know it is, Wong, but like Wong is a dog. Yeah, dude, a foul trouble though. I know, but I, 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 if they win this game and I don't take this money line, I'm going to say you literally missed out on. You know what I mean? I like if you're Houston, okay with losing money yeah, on, on on this. Game. Yeah, if this is a trap, I'll, I'm falling in it. That's fine because I really don't. I'm not sold on this Houston team anymore. Um, they've kind of. I've been all over with them. Usually when I'm on their games, I'm on the wrong side, but um, I'm gonna go Miami here. This next game, this line is weird. I don't. I don't know what I think about this game because this has had a lot of movement. I don't know if you saw this when it first opened up, but Jesse, go ahead. This is very interesting. Yeah, number six, Creighton, and number 15, Princeton. Creighton is the favorite, nine and a half points. Their money line sitting at minus 520 in the over-under sitting at 138 and a half. What's, what's the reason for that? That's a pretty high spread. I don't know. I saw even I saw even lower. I think this opened up at, I'm trying to find the number it opened up at. Um, Mackie, I don't know if you want to start, give your take on this game, but. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I I don't know. I I can't really. I like this Princeton team. I took a money line and I took them spread last in the round of thirty two. Um, I just wasn't really high on Missouri. I think they'll, they'll, I didn't like them in that game. But um, this team can shoot and they're hot right now. So I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't want. I'm. I, I'm definitely too scared to take them. But I do like this Creighton team. I think they're rolling right now, coming off a huge win against obviously uh your national champion, 
Baylor Bears. The, the Baylor Bears, obviously one of the better teams in the country. Um, Creighton's definitely it's, scary. They Creighton? have uh, what's that big? What's their big guy's name? Uh, I'm not. I'm blanking on his know. name. They always the, have the, the, white, the white guy. Yeah, yeah, the big white guy. Yeah, I don't, I don't know his <laughs> name. You you know who you're talking about? The lengthy guy. He's, yeah, yeah. I forget his name, but, but um, that that Creighton team is good, and they have shooters on that team as well. Um, I know a lot of people that have been hiring them from the beginning of the season. I didn't really see it until we got, um, until we got here. But they they are really good. I really like that team. This is. I wish this line was like six and a half, and I'd take Creighton. But I don't know if I like it enough to take Princeton plus nine and a half. I don't. I don't think Princeton wins this game. Yeah. No. This is probably one of the ones I'll be staying away from this weekend. Yeah, very interesting matchup there. Biggest spread of this weekend. The next matchup I have, the last matchup of the Sweet 16 on Friday night, number three, Xavier versus number two, Texas. Texas is the favorite here at four and a half points. Their money line sitting at minus 182 and the over-under sitting quite high at 148 and a half. Yeah, I mean, finish it off with the best game, like I said earlier. Um, these two teams are really going to battle it out. Hoff, I know which side you're going to be on because you don't like Xavier. Dude, but... I, I don't know. This line is kind of throwing me off. and I just Why? Uh, I think if anything. I think it's going to be a close game. I, I, like... I, I like Texas. I think that they're I think they're my national champion right now. Um, I, I, coming into the, into the tournament, I thought they could have lost that first game, but they just blew out Colgate. Yeah. Uh, they took care of business against Penn State. They made it a little... They were a little scary at the end, but you know they were in control for ninety nine percent of that. Um, I like this Texas team. I think that they, I think they win this game. Yeah, I I, I like I like Texas here. I, I don't know why I'm so kind of on the fence about it. You kind of I think you talked me into Xavier a little bit, and dude, they're good. They're very good. Don't overlook them. Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, it's gonna this will be a game time decision, but I definitely lean on Texas. I think the. The four and a half, it'll be interesting to see which way this line moves, if we can get some extra points for Xavier. But if this goes deeper for Texas, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see which way this goes. I don't think we see a scenario where it gets deeper. Is that four and a half right yeah. now? I don't think we see five. Yeah, it's a, I mean, it is Friday night. It's the last game of the uh, Sweet 16, so... Yes, the Sweet 16 happening this Thursday and Friday. The Elite Eight following that. We got lots more college basketball to cover when we come back next week. But I think that's just about all we got on the docket this week. You guys got anything else to add? No, I think that's going to do it. Uh, Definitely thanks for listening per usual. Um, Definitely like, subscribe, follow wherever you, you know, get your social media content at. Special shout out to Ben, our boy Ben, for coming on and uh, first big time special guest and definitely looking forward to doing some work with him and getting a couple collabs picks in with him in the future. So stay tuned with what's going on there. Um, Jesse, I'll hand things back off to you, but other than that, not much. See you guys next week. Good stuff from me. Ace Mackey, you guys got anything else to add? Yeah, um, that was another great episode. Another great week of sports in the books. Uh, excited for these picks from Mackey and Hoff to come out. So I have some uh, college basketball to bet on. Those just give you some great insight there. So, know those numbers will stay elite and you have my word that by the next time we meet next week this nhl card will be picking it up just sitting around one unit right now so we'll look to be getting that back towards the double digits and nba as well so let's stay tuned and we'll keep eating absolutely definitely agree Ace. we're gonna definitely gonna pick it up in the nhl 
coming up with a big week. Um, that's all for me. Yeah, just looking forward to this round of, round of 16, Sweet 16 in the Elite Eight. So, Yeah, big weekend of college basketball coming up. Stay tuned to the social media for all the cards. Um, light NHL and NBA night tonight, so looking to get those back rolling throughout the weekend, like Ace said. And uh, But that's going to do it. Thanks for listening. Like I said, we'll see you guys next week. And that's going to do it for us on this episode of Hit the Books. Thank you to everyone who tunes in each and every week. Without you, we wouldn't be able to do what we do here. So please like, share, and subscribe wherever you can. And don't forget to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for our plays each and every night in the NHL, NFL, MLB, NBA, college basketball, and college football. Thank you again, and see you next week.